0: The Lord really spoke to me this week. He speaks all the time, but um, he really spoke to me this week. Um, We'll get communications and announcements out via email. I'm not going to spend any time giving those this morning. Um, If if I'm honest, I've been in a bit of a funk, and um, especially over the last two weeks, um, and I'm not sure what it is. I don't know if I'm getting stir-crazy like many of you. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if I, I, I started focusing on, I, well, I did start focusing on stuff I shouldn't have. And um, and the Lord's really, really corrected me. And um, and so I'm just going to kind of give the story of, of a couple of things that happened. And then I'm going to preach after I share those stories. But it would have been, goodness, it would have been Thursday morning, Um. Thursday morning, we got up, and April and I, we were doing our morning routine where we, we sit and we have coffee together, and we talk and about what the Lord's saying and doing. And, and for lack of a better term, I was, being, I was a bear that morning. And um, she had mentioned earlier in the week that she wanted to go to Cane uh, Kane Ridge uh, just to go and pray, and, and, and I had kind of dismissed it earlier on the week just because I, I didn't feel like it. And then she brought it up again Thursday morning, and said, "Let's go to Cane Ridge." And I'm like, "Well, it's it's raining out, and I don't want to get wet." And she gave me the look that that my wife likes to give me, like, "I'm I'm I'm disappointed with your response." And so I said, "All right, well, let's let's go." And so you know, we make the hour and ten commute trip, hour hour and ten minute commute trip. Uh, to outside of Paris, Kentucky, to Cane Ridge. And, and obviously it's closed because of COVID-19, but you can still pull onto the grounds and, and you can pull right up to where the greatest revival that happened in the state of Kentucky and really shaped, that shaped our nation. Um, you could pull right up onto those grounds. And since you all aren't here, by the way, the birds keep chirping every time I see something good or the worship team saying something good. So they're amening. But... <laughs> But we pull onto the grounds and it is like, it is pouring the rain. And so like I was driving a whole way and I thought, well, we're, we're going to pull onto the grounds. We're going to sit in the car like reasonable people and we're going to pray in the car while we're on the grounds. That's what I thought. And then I, I look over and my wife, she's unbuckling and she's like buttoning up her jacket. And I said, what are you doing? And she says, well, we came all this way. We're going to pray. And I was like, well, we, we, we are praying. And, and she goes, you can sit in the car if you want. I'm getting out. And so we walk to the, we, we get out. And again, it's, it's pouring. And we, we get out. And we stand there for just a minute. And as we're standing there, like, we just start praying. And she hits her knees. Like, hits her knees. And then she finally just takes a seat on her hind end in the middle of the pouring rain at this closed down park, if you will, where the Lord poured out a spirit 200 years ago. And she began to cry out at the top of her lungs with her hands held high and said, Jesus, I need a fresh touch today. So does my husband. Would you just come? And so for like 40 minutes, it was just like, the rain didn't let up. If anything, it, it intensified. And and. And so we're just there and we're just praying and we're just crying out. And in that moment, in that moment, like it was just the Lord, just all the heaviness that I had had and all the stuff I had been carrying around. And I just felt like the Lord just went and just started lifting it up off of my shoulders. And on the way home, I look over to April and like, so, so again, like she's just, I love her. And I, I'm really ready for us to start worshiping together again so my wife can be with me at church again, if I'm honest. But uh, she, um, I said, I said, well, I'm going to take off my coat and lay it out so it dries out, and I'm going to take off my hat so it lays out. And I said, are you going you to take off that wet jacket? And she's like, why? And, and I didn't realize until we got home why she didn't. And she finally is like, I didn't want to take it off because I felt like that that, that, where I was sopping wet and her coat was sopping wet, was a reminder of how the Lord wants to make us aware of him. Yeah. And so she didn't want to leave that moment even though we drove back home. Then, then and there's a lot more that happened, but I, I, just, I just want to use this to preface this. And so, so then, Thursday evening, uh, we called an impromptu prayer meeting, and I did, we didn't do a good job getting the word out. I didn't do a good job getting the word out. And so Brett was on this prayer meeting with, with my family. And we began to cry out to the Lord. And, and in the middle of Brett praying, Brett said this. He, and, and it wasn't scripted. It wasn't anything. But he said, this, this isn't a time to maintain. This is a time to stoke the flames. And And I got so deeply convicted in that moment because I thought that even though, like, I've been, if I'm confessing, I've been strategic and, like, strategic and like we need to do this, this, and this so that we can maintain what we have so that when we come back together, everything's fine. And like I had to repent over that because it's, not my, it's, it's just not my job. The Lord, if, if I'm faithful in stoking my flame, I have to believe that the Lord will provoke everyone else to be faithful in provoking their own flame. And then when we come back, that this thing will be more powerful than it was when, when we first came back or first left, if that makes sense. And so, so the Lord, he, he, so through those two things, the Lord started just really pulling me back to, I don't know, pulling me back to the things that when my f- heart first got set on fire, like back to those things this week like i was reading a bunch of books and and they were really good books but the lord's like put those books down go back to the things that when you first got alive or when you not 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 even when you first got born again but when you really first came into the realization of the of the kingdom like back in 2012 when i went to my first prayer awakening the lord said start going back to those things and start feeding yourself off of those things that your heart burned for, that you just didn't understand what you were reading at that time, and so like I've been going back to all these old things that I've been reading—Leonard Ravenhill, R. A. Torrey, all these greats—and like I'm just I'm I'm ready to run around the room. <laughs> and so so I'll just say this: this this won't be a, a, a real pretty message, but I think it's a word from the Lord for us today that we need to get back, like especially right now. I think it's easy to lose our focus, and, like, I found myself getting in a routine of everything that I've been doing the last few weeks of, of quarantine life. You know, Monday's my outing where I go to the bank, and, and, then, and then Sunday's my next outing as far as coming to the Louisville. But then we go and walk every day at certain, like, like, the Lord's just like, it's so easy to fall into a routine. And I think the Lord is just like, would you just come back to the place of encounter? Come back to the place of encounter. So so look at, look at Revelation 2. Like all these passages will probably be super, super familiar. But Revelation 2 says this. I know your deeds. I know your toil and perseverance. And that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put to the test those who call themselves apostles. And they are not. And you found them to be false. And your perseverance... And you, have, and you have perseverance and you've endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary. But I have this against you, you have left your first love. Therefore remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first or else I am coming to you and I'll remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. So, so the Lord is commending them for all the good stuff that they were, they were persevering. They were pointing out false teachers. They were doing all this stuff that was really good. But he said, in the midst of all the good, you've missed the main thing. In the midst of all the good, you've missed the main thing. And the main thing is him. He's saying, go back to that place where we first fell in love. Go back to that place of encounter. Go back to that place where your heart was so stirred um, uh, originally. And, and if I can be honest, they got so busy doing stuff for Jesus that they forgot that they were supposed to be doing stuff with Jesus, if that makes sense. And, and, and I've seen it this past week. I was on a call with, with Dan and a bunch of pastors, and he talked about how he thinks a lot of guys are running themselves ragged and I think it's just the truth that, that, that we've created busyness because we don't know what else to do. And the Lord's saying, would you just return back to your first love? Would you come back to your first fire, if you will? And so I believe this, if revival is to come... And I'm going to be, start being more unapologetic for pursuing revival because the result of revival turns into awakening. And the result of awakening turns into cultural transformation. And the result of cultural transformation turns into planetary transformation. And that's what we desire to see here on the earth. And so, if we're going to see revival to come, we must get back to our first love, back to the place to where it all began. And so, we may need to take time this week and go back to the place where we were first saved. Where we first came back to the Lord, where where we first had our encounter around an altar where He filled us with His Holy Spirit, we may need to get back to those places and say, this is what I'm experiencing, what I'm feeling right now in this moment. I want to live in this moment forever. Now, it doesn't mean we get stuck there. I just think that we need to grow from there. And, and I don't want, to, don't want to get off those things. And so I say, let's get back to where we had those experiences with the Lord and be thankful for for them and steward those moments into greater degrees of encounter in our day-to-day lives and and if we can get back to that Flaming, fiery first love, if you will. I think it'll change us forever. For me, for me, I told you I've been going back to all these original things that I that I used to read and and, and like and it's amazing to me. I found my highlights from 10 years ago, and, and some of those things are still speaking, but then I'm reading other things that I'm like, oh my word, my heart is just so burdened for this. It's like Leonard Ravenhill in 1971, he wrote these words. He said, The reason, the reason why we do not have spirit-born, heaven-led revival, I'm sorry, heaven-born, spirit-led revival is because we're content to live without it. Now, I'm not talking about a bunch of church services. I'm not talking about having extended meetings. I'm talking about a lifestyle of day in and day out pressing in after the heart of the Lord. And and the reason why we don't experience that outpouring is because we're content not living without it. and We're, we're content not having it in our lives. And I believe the Lord would say, if you would return Turn to your first love, to that original moment, you would begin to start to experience these things once again. Like I'm not content. Like I'm content with where what the Lord has. Like I'm content with the call that's on my life. I'm content. I'm more than content with what the Lord's doing in my family, but I'm not content with the state of the church in the world. And and I believe that if we like I. Jesus did not die for 45 minutes and a $20 payment on every Sunday. He died for more than that. He died so we could live in communion with Him. He died so we could restore that which was lost, what we talked about last week. And I don't want to be content to live without that. I'm like, Lord... If my life can be an all, if I can be a seed, if I have to die so that this thing springs, like may it be, but I want to do whatever I can for this thing to come forth. I'm going to do whatever I can to see this thing happen in our day. And so, so I've I just been getting back. I, I read this other, i want going to read this one verbatim. I posted this late last night. But I read this yesterday morning and it's just been stirring at me. Uh, Ravenhill wrote again in 1971, he said, There's a big hole or gap between what we read in the book and what we practice. There is also a chasm in our church life. We seem to this hour to be as far removed from apostolic Christianity as the Pope is from marriage. (laughs) We are strangers from the commonwealth of the divine power of Pentecost, We are aliens to that city moving endowment that was known to our spiritual fathers of the first decade in Pentecost. In in other words, like I I, I read like like what we read in this thing is our permission slip. What we're reading in this thing is our, yeah, it's a historical book. It's a historical, it's a historical collection of 66 books. I get it. But man, when I read this, that that the same spirit that, that raised Christ from the dead also quickens our mortal bodies, like that's our permission to live as people that have been resurrected with him, right? When I hear, read stuff that like who the son sets free is free indeed. That's my permission to live as a man that's been freed from bondage of sin and death and hell in the grave by Christ Jesus, right? If I read something that says, and as you go, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, and freely you have received, now freely give. Like, that's my permission to not just think, that's a really neat verse. I think I'll put it on a t-shirt. That's my permission to say, you know what, I'm going to live my life pressing into Him and saying, you know what, I'm going to do my best to allow Him to flow through me to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers and to cast out demons, and I've freely received so stinking much, I'm going to give a bunch away. Hmm. He's asking us to. I, I think he's like I. I. I want the level of my belief. I've been asking the Lord, like, like it's that it's that story in, in in John 11. Like, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Like, like, I, I want the level of our belief to begin to raise in this hour. And I want the level of our faith to begin to raise in this hour because we know that the only way we're going to see revival isn't because we brand ourselves. It isn't because we have better coffee, sweeter donuts, the stuff we joke about here all the time. It's not because we have better preaching. It's not because we have better worship. It's not going to be because we have better kids programs or teen programs. It's not going to be because of any of that it's going to be because we get the fire of God that pour himself out on all of us in our day-to-day lives and we come into this space or we come into our living rooms and we say we're not moving until heaven pours itself out again. And that fire that he pours out on us is a magnet that draws people all around. And and I, I just say we have to have that once again. And so I like I just say I repent because I, I, I've, I've, I've had a degree of it but I haven't been burning as hot as I was once did and I'm going to burn bright I'm going to burn hot and I'm going to burn hard and I'm going to burn fast now I understand that it's a long walk but if it's his fire that's burning within me the fire on that altar will never ever go out the Lord is asking us to burn for him He's asking us, we shared, I think it was six months ago, preached two messages called Burning Ones. He's asking us to be Burning Ones. (laughs) Now remember that we pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in Isaiah 6, Isaiah 6 Isaiah has this, this encounter with the Lord, this throne room encounter. He says, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe was filling the temple. And then verse 2, it says, above him, or, or seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two they covered his face, or with two, two they covered his feet, and with two he flew. In the word seraphim, it means burning ones. That's the most literal translation. It's not like it's... Like, like seraphim are not these pretty little angels that are on Valentine's Day cards, okay? Seraphim are burning ones that live for the sole existence to worship and adore and praise the Lord. And, and the Lord God Almighty seated on his throne. And so so they're, they're burning ones that are flying back and forth, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, and the whole earth is filled with his glory. Now, Now, I said this, I believe, prophetically that the burning ones with the six wings that with two they covered their face that represents the fear of the Lord. That they they were covering their face because it was an honor and adoration and fear of the Lord. We need the fear of the Lord back. Like He's good and He's kind but we need to revere His presence when He shows up and He begins to move. Whether it's here or whether it's in your living rooms or whether you're cooking dinner. When you sense the presence of the Lord you, you, you stop what you're doing and acknowledge the fact that He's there and he's the most important person in the room, right? So there's a fear of the Lord. With two, they covered their, their faces, and with two, they covered their feet. To another translation says, with two, they covered their bodies. I think that's a that's a prophetic picture of humility in that. They were like, look, what what we we don't even want to be seen in this moment because we don't want to do anything that detracts from your glory. And I I see this right now going on. But the, and I'm not accusing any of us but I see it in the body of Christ that some of us were more worried and a lot of preachers watch this so I say this if we're trying to grow our platforms more than we're trying to point people to Jesus we need to change and so it's it's like what John the Baptist said he must increase and I must decrease and so the seraphim, the burning ones they covered themselves because they desired only the attention to be on the Lord God Almighty and then it says with two they flew and it means they flew back and forth back and forth, back and forth and all they were doing Doing was responding immediately to the Lord's presence. And what would it look like if we became burning ones that just said, I'm going to respond to whatever He says in the moment, right then and there. It's a prophetic picture of instantly obeying the Lord God Almighty. Not saying, well, He spoke. I need to deliberate it for a little bit. No, if He speaks, we move. If He says stop, we stop. If He says move forward, you forward. If He says, if he says this, if He calls you to fast, you fast If he calls you to spend more time in the Word, you spend more time in the Word. It's like some things, uh, it's like, well, how do I know if it's really of the Lord? I'll I'll say this, like Hal Perkins says, every good and perfect thing comes from above. Actually, the Bible says that. Hal just makes us living preaching that one verse. But every good and perfect thing comes from above. Therefore, if it's a good and perfect thought, it's probably inspired by the Holy Spirit anyway. Hmm. (laughs) So he's calling us to be like, He's calling us to live on fire for him. Now, I'm not talking about fake, hyped-up emotionalism, but I'll say this. I'm also not talking about holding things back to make the religious spirit comfortable either. I'm done with it. Done. Oh, brother, you all's getting too loud there. Well, you're not even here, so it doesn't even matter. Like, I'm just going to pursue him as hot and as hard and as fast as I can. I'm going to live in that place of fascination. I'm going to live in that posture of burning after him. I'm going to live in that posture of being in love with him. It's, it's, it, and it will look different. It will look weird. And, and I think we're not arrogant about it. We're not anything. But we're unapologetic for loving the Lord. Okay. <laughs> Believe he's raising up burning ones. I believe he's raising up people that's madly in love with him. I believe that he's raising up a people that's so free that it's actually intoxicating to the world and offensive to the religious spirit. And I'm saying, so be. Let's just keep going after him. They, they, look, look. There, there's always going to be this tension of whether. This may be more for me than anyone else. But there's always going to be that tension of borderline making people uncomfortable and and, and keeping people happy, if that makes sense. And I want to live my life on the other side of being uncomfortable if it means that I'm pursuing him. Now, again, I'm not doing anything to draw attention to myself. That's not my heart. But I am saying that we need to just go after him. All right? Like, we, we need to see this thing shift. We we need to see an outpouring of a spirit in this nation. Like 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 I, I get it. I, I get the freedom of religion. Like I want to see America become a Christian nation, right? I, I don't want I don't want it to be a Democrat or a Republican. I want it to be a Christian nation because the Spirit has poured himself out. And 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 so like I I want to see our schools become Christian schools, right? I want to see I want to see prayer welcome back into school because prayer was welcome back at home first. And and so I'm saying let's just go after him. Let's just go after him. Let's just go after him. Now our our fires, our fires, and this is playing off of what Brett prayed out the other night. But our fires were meant to increase over time, not decrease. That's why in Second Timothy, Paul wrote this to Timothy. He says this, For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. He says, kindle afresh, which means to fan in the flame. It means to stir up. It it means to rekindle. It means to reactivate that which you receive through the laying on of my hands. And 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 in this reactivate what this gift, this charisma is what that word translates but 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 Timothy had this gift on his life Timothy had this deposit that he had received and something or other had happened. I don't know it was because Timothy was a pastor. I don't know if it was, I don't know if he got bogged down in administration. I don't know if he got bogged down because he was spending all his time doing something but something had happened where he was distracted and that flame that he used to have had begun to diminish and Paul as a good spiritual father says hey look that thing that was in you, that thing that you got via impartation because I laid my hands on you and you received. Now, we don't always get fired that way. Some of you just get it. You just get it. But anyway, that thing that you got via impartation, that thing, you need to fan that thing into flame. You need to rekindle that original fire. You need to stir that thing back up because that thing right there is the most valuable thing that you have. It's it, Listen, the most valuable thing we have, I'm thankful for all the we, I'm thankful for the space. I'm thankful for all that we have. I'm thankful, but the most valuable possession that we have is him, is his presence. That is it. And it's easy, it's easy to fall into a rut and routine and just start trying to get through. Well, let's just wait. Let's just wait. 2 Corinthians 3:18 says this. But, with, but we all, with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. What, what image? The glory of the Lord. There, amen and me. We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Lord, the Spirit. Beholding in a mirror. He's saying, if you could reflect and look into the glory of the Lord... You would start to be transformed into that very glory that you're reflecting. It's, it's that where we get that phrase, you become what you behold. And, and so, so, so as as we look to the glory of the Lord, we become transformed more and more into his likeness and begin to reflect what we behold, which is glory to glory, which quite simply means we were meant to be more hungry for the Lord. Tomorrow than we were today. And we're supposed to be more hungry today for the Lord than we were 10 years ago because we go from glory to glory to glory to glory. It's it's not glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. It, it's not that at all. And it's like, well, what if I start diminishing? Then it's okay. Just start returning back to your first love. And he's good. He's like, all right, I'll start you back off where you left. Let's go after this thing once more. But we need to start going from glory to glory. And and, and this picture, Picture of the glory start to stare into it start to look forward like like we've just again we just meant to go forward we're meant to see revival we're meant to see awakening we're meant to see people saved and healed and delivered and sanctified and set free we've been meant to see it as a people of God I've taught this several times every time y'all giggle and you alls not here so that's fine you can giggle at home but he made man in his own image so Like I I don't understand the Lord's spirit, but he made us in his own image and he made us to move forward. That's why our eyes are in the front of our head. I know some mothers have eyes in the back of their head. I get it, but I'm saying but he put our eyes in the front of our head. He made our elbows move a certain way. He made our knees move a certain way. And that we were made to move forward forward that's why you can't run backwards faster than you can run forward he made you to go forward why because Isaiah says two different times that the glory of the Lord is your rear guard and so that means he must have our backs if we continue to press in and go after him and chase after him in the manner that he's asked us to chase after him You see, as you start to chase after him, he starts, qu- quite frankly, what, what happens when you start to reflect on him, you start to look more like him. And if you look more like him, guess what your lost neighbor or lost coworker is going to see? Him. And so, so it's like, well, do I need to be able to explain Ecclesiastes chapter 5? I don't even know what's in that off the top of my head, but probably not. But if you could just begin to look at Him and be transformed into Him, your life will begin to bear witness of what He is or who He is in you and begin to manifest through you and you'll start to see people changed. Point number four. This is where I would fail preaching class because you're only supposed to have three. on earth as it is in heaven really is the goal. Matthew 6.10 Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Actually, let me backtrack real quick. I think it's illegal to ask your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven if you don't first have a revelation that the Lord is Father. Our Father who art in heaven. But that's another day. I'm just going to read in full confession. I found myself recently asking for strategies and how this thing can end, and and how can we better get people connected, and how can we better do this, that, and the other. Like, trust me, I've thought about all kinds of stuff. I've seen what a lot of other places are doing too, and I think, man, we probably have the ability to do some of those things. And then I'm like, but but then I'm going to run people ragged, and so I start thinking, you know, just start anyway. I've been looking for these strategies. Instead of asking the Lord to release a global outpouring that changes the face of the planet, I had gotten complacent and stopped asking for that. And just real quick, over the course of a few weeks, I believe with all of my heart that that's obviously not the Lord's intention. He's asking us to not only ask, but believe for an outpouring of an unprecedented measure of his Holy Spirit. One that changes the face of the globe. One that changes our families. One that changes our neighborhoods. One that changes our cities. One that changes this nation. And one that changes the globe. And I just say this. Like... It'd be real easy to stand up here and just tell you, I've got it all together. I'm a don't. But I felt the Lord's gentle rebuke this week, saying, just return. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a handful of people. There's nine of us here total this morning. And then all of you all watching via Facebook, whether you're from River City or there's a lot of you from River City watching, and there's going to be a lot that aren't, and that's okay. But i wonder wondering if you, we can all partner together to see heaven invade earth, to see a transformative revival, not a revival on the church sign out front, but one that changes the moral climate of society. To see a generation of burning ones raised up whose fire increases day in and day out, and to pray and believe that we'll see the end of a global pandemic. Not a flattening of the curve, but an ending of it. <clears throat> I heard Dan say this the other day on his call. And like it, it it, it, bothered me really bad because he was right. He said we need to pray for one of two things. We either get a vaccine or that our prayers begin to kill the virus. And I, I just assume to pray that <laughs> our prayers kill the virus. That's just me. I wonder if you'll partner with me in believing this, that we want Jesus to return. But, but we also know that all throughout his word he gives these prophetic promises that before he returns that, that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will begin to cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. Or that the kingdoms of our world have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. Like, can we start praying those and believing them? And like, like, I, and like those aren't. The, the, these I've heard those verses for years, and I quote them all the time now because they become so big in my heart. They've become like these verses that I'm just like, this is the point for the knowledge of the glory of the Lord to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Well, how does it even begin to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea? Well, it starts with us with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, being transformed from glory to glory. A lot of babies and as that happens nations will start to become his nations his kingdoms so I'd like to pray for us church and and this is what I want to do I want to pray for very specifically this that if you have found your fire that has diminished I'm going to ask that you just begin to steal your heart at home and just say Jesus just begin to to touch my heart ablaze once again If you need to return to your first love, we're going to ask the Lord that you return to your first love. And once we return, we're going to ask the Lord to start to increase what he deposits within our heart. Okay? And then we're going to start to believe that the Lord's going to use us. To use us, this company of people that's spread all around this city, all around this region, the Lord's going to use us to usher in a third great awakening. Simply because we're going to be a people that refuse to turn the TV dial. I remember growing up; like we, it was before smart. It was before TVs. I was the remote control for my parents. Stand up there and keep turning the dial until we get to the right station. That was my job. And I I was just like, please, let's get to a point where we don't have to turn the dial. I want to be the type of people that gets to where we no longer turn the dial. I want to be the kind of people that no longer turns the channel from valuing his presence in our day-to-day life. Everything else will begin to take care of itself. Some of the stuff is already starting to pop up. Some of you are entering into discipleship relationships. Some of you are starting to even start to speak into friends that may not know Jesus in the manner in which you know Jesus. This is what we're called to do. But we cannot do those things without being rooted in intimacy and valuing his presence in our day-to-day life. Because you will have nothing to give away. But if you're with him, I promise you, you have an abundance to give away. So let's just pray. So Jesus, I'm just believing right now that you are touching hearts at home as we speak. I would ask that you return people to their first love. Many of the return of the first love right now are really good people. They've done really good things. They've done things that you'll actually reward them for. But they have forgotten why they're doing the things that they are doing. And I would ask, Lord, that you rekindle that fire this morning, Jesus. Would you just begin to do that at home right now, Lord? Just touch people. Just begin to touch them, Lord. Some of you I may mean, did you just go back to that place of encounter, that place where he last spoke to you. Just start remembering that or start writing through that, start journaling through that. And the Lord will begin to rekindle what he wanted to, to bring into completion. When he, he'll, he'll finish what he started in your heart. Lord, I also pray, Lord, that you help us to be start burning for you, Lord. Let us. I want to be like the seraphim. I realize I have a different call than they do, a different function. But I'm praying on earth as it is in heaven, let us become a people that just burn for you. Let us be a people, Lord, that live with the fear of the Lord. <laughs> that, 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 that live in humility, that only want to see your image born forth, not ours. And let us be a people that instantly obey when you speak, Lord. I would pray for that right now. I, I would pray, Lord, that you begin to increase our people's appetites for time and prayer. I pray you would begin to increase our people's appetites for, for time alone with you in the secret place, Jesus. I, I just thank you, Yahweh. <clears throat> I thank you for what you're doing. And I pray we begin to increase Jesus. I pray that we would begin to grow in the. And in, in wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, Lord. I, I pray, Lord, that we would be more excited about you or more passionate about you than we were 10 years ago. I, I pray, Lord, for those that have followed you for 50 years, that their fire today would be hotter than it was 40 years ago. I even hear this, that there are some that's going to watch this or that are watching this, that you have served Jesus for 40, 50, 60 years, and you think that your best days are behind you. And I just hear the Lord saying right now, that if you'll renew your commitment to him, that your greatest days will be before you. Your your greatest prayers that will be answered are before you. The, 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 The glory of this house will be greater than the glory of the latter house. I just hear him saying that. And I pray, Lord, that we begin to partner with you to see heaven on earth. Even as the rain's here in the building, I can hear him begin to increase, Jesus. I believe that you're beginning to bring forth increase amongst our people. And I just thank you, Lord. Father, I love you and I bless you. It's in your name we pray this morning. Amen. Amen.